everything that we do, we treat it as if it was being ran by itself. We never like what you just said. Okay, well, we got a concrete company to pay for this and that. We try to run these corn and soybean acres as if, you know, and actually we do, you know, run them on their own and as their yeah. own separate entities. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. We want to say a special thank you to each one who has taken the time to review the podcast. And moving forward, we're going to be featuring a review each week. Today's review comes from Chicken Producer, and they say, Profitable Agronomic Advice. Better Way to Farm always brings information to the table which benefits the producer's bottom line. Not necessarily what the mainstream ag community wants to hear, but the untarnished truth to empower producers to ask better questions of those they are doing business with. Thank you, Chicken Producer. We really appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm, where we spend each and every day providing solutions to farmers to grow better crops and to make more money. I hope that you're having a great day, and I thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We really appreciate the time that you give us, not only here on this platform, but also on our Facebook page. Now, I'm super excited because today we have a record podcast in the making. You'll find out more later on. We have on the line a grower from Dexter, Iowa. His family and he have a very successful business, not only in the farming industry, but in other venues as well. And I'm super, super excited to talk to this gentleman, especially about the farming operation and what they've done, not only in the recent past, but what they just accomplished in 2021. I'd absolutely love to introduce to you all a great friend of mine, Mr. Brant Voss. Brant, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great, Tyler, and I appreciate you inviting me on your guys' podcast, and I'm excited to talk to you about growing corn and not just corn, but big corn. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, dude. I absolutely love it. I know that you're super busy. And again, I thank you very much for the time. So I'm just going to jump right into this thing, man. So tell us a little bit about kind of who you are, Brant, and kind of what you do. Well, I am uh, 29 years old. I live in a town um, called Dexter. It's just about 25 minutes just straight west of Des Moines off I-80. I come from a family that are all construction workers. My dad has a construction company that he does poured foundation walls for houses, and he does quite a bit of commercial work as well. He does just a lot of construction, a lot of concrete. I mean, he's, I mean, when it comes to concrete, anything concrete, I mean, he's the man. He no. loves it. So, and I mean, it's just my biased opinion, but he's just one of the best. And he, yep. um, he's an awesome guy. If you haven't got to meet him, you got to meet him because he is just one of the most genuine, soft-spoken, hardworking man I've ever met in my life. So, yeah. anyways. He, um, no, I was just going to say he's a fantastic man, and it's cool to see him and the children that he raised, including yourself and what you guys do. It's absolutely insane. I mean, for you to take some time out of your day, I know it's getting kind of late in the evening. We're friends. You send me Snapchat videos all the time. Of, you're up in the morning and you're feeding cows and then you're down the road to Liberty Concrete or, you know, one of the other companies that you guys own. Then in the afternoon, you're, you're jumping in a sprayer or then at night you're feeding cattle and then you're back moving foundations. You guys are constantly busy. I have no idea how you keep anything straight because everything that you do 
is big. You don't do anything small and it's always the best. And that's one of the things that I I really wanted to kind of touch on, you know, in this podcast, we want to talk about what you were able to accomplish in the National Corn Growers Association. And I know that you do a little bit more, but you do work with us at A Better Way to Farm. And that includes the Conklin Company. You know, the interesting thing is that you have a fantastic relationship with not only the owner of the Conklin Company, Charles W. Herbster, but also a great friend of all of ours, Mr. Brandon J. Keithley. So how did you guys get into kind of that that side of it? What was it that kind of drew you to the Conklin Company, especially Charles and Brandon? Well, it all began when I was in college up at Iowa State University. And we had a guest speaker, David Hula, speaking about what he was doing to raise some of his numbers that he was getting. And I was at the point in my life, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to farm, be in the agriculture industry. I love to be competitive. I, I love yep. football. And I also love showing cattle. I grew up showing cattle and being in 4 age. And I was at the age where, you know, I was just too old and couldn't do those things anymore but i'll be competitive in this world i guess so you know and, and listening to david hula speak i told myself that day someday i will be a yield contest champion i don't know when but someday in my life i want to be a yield contest champion that's cool and sitting in that class after that class i just went home and i started youtubing and googling and doing all kinds of research reading books reading articles on how we can increase our yields and how I stumbled across the Conklin Company. Well, in in 2018, I won it in the state of Iowa for the non-irrigated class. And and then I wasn't with Conklin, but I knew that there was something more and I knew that we could do a better way. Yeah. better way. (laughs) I knew that we had, you know, more efficient and better way. And I thought there was something missing doing some more research and seeing what guys were doing and what they were trying to achieve. That's when I was introduced to the Conklin company and it was just all uphill from there. So, yeah, I want to kind of touch on this real, real quick, because to me it's important for a different reason. And I'm going to get to that different reason, but you guys didn't start out, especially with the size of the farming operation that you guys are at. Where did that start with? Because I know your dad's been in concrete since, forever yep so i'm only a second generation farmer and yep. uh along with my brother i have four sisters and uh wait so a minute far, you have four sisters yes i have four sisters. Oh, dude i had no idea i thought there was three of you total and no nope, smokes there's six of you <laughs> yep yep so i'm the no wonder son. you and brandon fit in so well together he's got six siblings holy smokes yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, I, I'm the second generation farmer. We're a pretty young generational farm um, operation. You know, my dad, he started this farm in 1993, you know, shortly yep. after I was born. So we have grown at a pretty fast pace in these last 25, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. Well, the, yeah. No, the biggest thing that I wanted to bring up was that there are a lot of farmers that do it to try to make money. And then there, there are those people that try to make money and to do it farming, if that makes any sense. And the cool thing about what you guys have been able to do is that you're an extremely hardworking family and your old man decided, you know what, 
I want to try my hand at farming. You know, I'm uh, passionate about it. But again, he was first generation. Like you just alluded, you're only second generation. So he took it back in 93. And anybody, especially that's in central Iowa, knows that in 93, we had a horrific flood. So it was not the best year to be getting into farming anyway. But he went ahead and, and threw his hat into the ring. And now you guys not only have, you know, multiple, what do you have, six different entities total or seven or something like that? Eight. Eight. Yeah, exactly. But in the last 25 to 29 years, you've been able to raise an operation and you're doing it the right way. You're going out there and you're making sure that you're taking care of the soil. You're making sure that you're paying attention to everything. You know, it's not just NP and K and you're not just out there, you know, farming for insurance or anything like that. I mean, you guys, yeah, you have contest acres, but you just uh, told me earlier kind of off air that you averaged across the whole farm, something almost close to 300 bushel, wasn't it? Something like that across the whole farm. 292 acres on about <laughs> three acres, 1,500 corn acres. You know, we average right at 85 bushels an acre on 1,400 acres of soybeans. You know, so it was just a remarkable, unbelievable year. And it's going to be hard to duplicate it again, but I'm pretty well determined to make sure it happens. So, Well, I think that the group that you surrounded yourself with, not only with us at A Better Way to Farm and some of the guys at the Conklin Company, and you work with some others. You know, I know Barry is an agronomist. I know that you work with some other people as well. But that's one of the cool things about your story is that you're not just out there and making money in a different industry and dumping it into farm ground and saying, this is it. You guys are taking the time. You're in, other, you're in eight other businesses, but you're still taking the time to do the farming operation, right? Which I absolutely love. So getting back to what made you decide to kind of get into the NCGA, I know that you kind of alluded to the fact that you're competitive. I know that you used to play some football and do some stuff like that. And anybody that knows your dad, same thing, dude. You get that competitive edge from him. He doesn't like to lose. He always likes to win. And there's a story about a particular Angus bull from a few years back that I'm assuming he's still pretty sour about. But I think he's made some pretty good relationships out of that deal. But what made you guys kind of decide to go ahead and, and actually throw your name in the hat for the NCGA Yield Contest? You know, I wanted to see what we could accomplish with the contest and implement some of those practices into our farm, into the production acres, I should say. Some of the best advice that I've ever gotten from my dad was, you know, you can relate this to business. You can relate this to the yield contest. You can relate this to anything. But the best advice that he ever gave me is, Brant, don't ever go out there and try to cut a fat hog. Get full off the crumbs. Get full off the crumbs. And you That's know, awesome. I sat there and thought about that, you know, what that actually meant. And I took that advice and I implemented it into this contest. You know, if I can get two or two bushels here, five here, another one here, you know, it's just, you could just keep stacking those bushels on top of each other. And eventually you're going to get something, you know? Yep. So, and back to your question. I mean, what I love about this contest is I can see what we can do to increase you know, our ROI on our production acres, you know, so. Yes. We will be in New Orleans at the Commodity Classic, March 10th, 11th, and 12th. Stop by booth 1714 and see the crew from A Better Way to Farm. We would love to meet you there. Hey, mention that you heard it here and you'll get a free gift. See you at booth 1714. 
I'm glad you brought that up, man. So that's a big thing that when we talk about, now we work with a grower, Tyler Janky out in central Nebraska. And that's one of the things that he was able to do too, that they were kind of shooting for some yield and what he's been able to actually, not only is he increasing his yield, but like you just said, Brant, he was able to drop his input dollars up to 40 bucks an acre. De- you know, he wow. decreased his input costs, but part of that is because he's raising more bushels. And you kind of alluded yep. to that as well, that, I mean, dude, you're knocking out 292 bushel corn across 1500 acres. That's absolutely huge, but you're not yep. going broke doing it. That's the other side of it that I absolutely love. You're not, oh, it doesn't matter because we have seven other entities that are making money. So we'll lose money on this one and just dump a, a bunch of stuff into that's, it. That's not the way it goes. Right. And that, you know, everything that we do, we treat it as if it was being ran by itself. We never like what you just said. Okay, well, we got a concrete company to pay for this and that. We try to run these corn and soybean acres as if, you know, and actually we do, you know, run them on their own and as their yeah. own separate entity. Yeah. So, so I, dude, I've got to ask. Well, first off, I've got to say that you've been pretty darn successful, right? In that the yield contest. We absolutely have to congratulate you on another top three. This one was a win, my man. I absolutely love it. At 321, that goes to you. Now, the interesting thing is that your old dad actually landed at 309 in third place, right? Which is absolutely awesome. Correct. Congratulations. I'm super thrilled. I was actually able to talk with you the day those results came back. But I've got to know what felt better, getting that top spot or just beating dad? (laughs) Well... I'm going to be honest with you. I, I love my dad too much <laughs> getting that top spot. Yep. I know uh, some other guys out there chasing our tail and wanting to accomplish the same thing. And just getting that victory was just a huge satisfaction to me, you know. And, and what was even better was having dad right behind me. I mean, it would have been cooler if he was second place. But next year we're going to do it again. And I think I'll probably just let him win next year. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. So along those lines, so what what do you feel has been kind of the one or, or maybe one of the few biggest helps that you've had in achieving those top yields? You know, I think there's a number of things. It's the whole program. I mean, everything that we do, there isn't one specific thing. I guess if I could say if they're decal corn, to me is huge and having it um drought resistant kind of the whole like genetic package or the genetic characteristics of the plants yeah you know i mean decal has treated us very well i would probably have to say one of the biggest things that i'm seeing today in the last two years is putting on sulfur this year we blended ats with all our liquid 32 and put that on right behind the planter and getting that even put a sulfur across all our acres was just huge. And I think that's why we've seen such a consistent yield across all our acres. So, I mean, we used to do it in a granular form and spread it with our dry fertilizer Mm -hmm. spreader. As we grow, we're continuing to move to liquid and find out that liquid is a better source for getting some of these nutrients out there. Yep. I think that that sulfur was huge. You know, we used to get sulfur from acid rain from coal plants and just your vehicles and we don't get that anymore just because they're either getting shut down by the EPA and our cars and our semis and our tractors are so much cleaner today that we're just not getting that sulfur through that acid rain, you know. So yeah. we're out there on, and I think that's 
what was huge for the, the this last two years. So, well, and that's some of the things I know that you've been to some of the pro ag trainings in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, right now with my buddy Preston sitting beside me listening in on this. But we have those trainings, you know, basically from December to March, and we go and we talk to growers about that because everybody knows that nitrate nitrogen leaches and it's a problem. But not a lot of people know that sulfur is actually negatively charged as well. Some people know that, but more people don't realize that even boron is also negatively charged. So those are the three essential plant elements that we all need to pay attention to and and kind of get control of. Because like you said, a lot of us were getting our sulfur content from acid rains and stuff like that. And that's just not happening. And the next step is looking at boron and how to get quality boron up into the plant, because it's kind of essential too, especially when you look at pollen and kernel count and all that stuff, flowering and soybeans, it's absolutely critical. So now I've got to ask for some secrets, right? So Brant, what are some things that you're going to try either this growing season or in the next few years to continue to top the charts in the NCGA championship? You know, what I'm going to definitely do this year is I'm going to up our ATS and our Liquid 32. I'm yep. going to up a little bit, and I'm also going to up our Liquid 32 rate and try to get away from fall applied nitrogen. I really want to try to move more towards liquid I'm really liking what we're seeing with our liquid 32 behind the planter or before it. So another thing that I'd like to do is I want to get out a little bit more zinc, um, yep. whether in furrow or through foliar applications. That's one thing I really like about Conklin products is all their products are chelated. When I go in to take a tissue sample or a soil test and, I, and it comes back that I'm low on either boron or mag, uh, mm-hmm. manganese or magnesium, magnesium, zinc, whatever the case may be, I get that product, you know, within a day or two and I apply it immediately, you know, with those products being chelated, I know it's getting into the plant right away. So that's yeah. what I love products. And that's, you know, one thing I'm trying to get better at is doing better at tissue sampling and testing and figure out what I am lacking, you know, I really want my levels to come back and tell me that I'm excessive in everything. So that's one of the things that I'm glad that you brought up because I feel like that's what's going to continue to keep you at that high level is that looking at some of those tissue tests, you know, we were, we were able to talk about that a few months ago that when we're doing these tissue tests to, to kind of build that database um, and understand that, you know, whether it's V4 or V8 or VT or R1, what those levels are and how to continue to pump, especially on the contest acres, how to continue to pump nutrition through there. Because we know even some tissue tests that you did that we can successfully get some stimulation into that plant using some of these micronutrients. You know, before we talk with a lot of growers and even some of the universities that say that, that foliar feeding doesn't pay and it doesn't work. And it's the concept behind it, right? We know that we're actually not going to stuff a bunch of these nutrients up into the plant leaf. Yeah, we hope if we do it at the right time, we'll get a little bit through the backside of the stomata on the plant. But we also know that we're just stimulating root growth. To me, that's absolutely critical. So then what advice would you might have for those that are listening to this podcast and want to enter the contest? What can you share with them about some struggles or some trials and tribulations or or just any advice you've got for somebody that wants to start doing this and, and try to compete with the Vosses from Dexter, Iowa? <laughs> I guess one of the biggest things is, is it's so critical to make sure that your planner is set right. Your disc openers, your down pressure, the pressure on your closing wheels and your soil conditions 
it is so critical. I mean, that is to get that even emergence. That's one thing that we have struggled with these last couple of years. And I just think that, you know, that is something that is in our control. If you get that part figured out, that is huge. So that's one thing I want to get better at in myself. And so if I had any advice for anybody out there, it's just to make sure that your planner is set right. So. Yep. Get that set right. And it was interesting. You know, we're a part of a bunch of private Facebook groups and stuff with some of the other growers uh, around the United States that we work with that are raising top yep. yields. And, and one of the guys asked a question, you know, biologicals. I'm not going to get into the biological story because I want to get this baby wrapped up so that you can get to bed because I know you got to get up in probably three hours. But it was just interesting that he brought up, you know, some biologicals and which one worked or, you know, it's not it's supposed to be a sales pitch, but what are guys having some success with? And I thought it was interesting, Denny Damon, that um, was helping out with a lot of these ProAg programs that we were at. You know, he's an absolute mentor of mine. He probably doesn't know it, doesn't realize it. But I look up to that man, not only because he's taller than me, but also because the amount of knowledge that he's got. And again, just like the three of us, you know, we he went to Iowa State uh, as well as I did, just like you did. And again, I'll, I'll throw that joke in there as well, that Denny and I, we spent the best four years of our lives at Iowa State as freshmen. So hopefully that, <laughs> that, that registers well. But it was interesting because he, he said, look, he said, you know, you can do all this stuff all you want. But the biggest thing is when you open that bag of seed, we do everything in our power to reduce that yield. The most yield potential comes from that stored seed that's in the bag. And when we dump it in the planter and then we go on with the, the fertilizers and we do this and we do that, we're, we've become excellent at becoming yield reducers. And so I, I really like that point that you just made that, you know, it's critical that literally the, the planters, like the, the first thing that seed sees, you open it up, you dump it in the planter and you're saying, you know, make sure that when you do this, that your planter's set right. So I, I really appreciate that. As we get this thing wrapped up, is there anything else that, that's kind of on your mind that, that maybe I missed or that, that you'd like to talk about or anything like that? Or, or what are some, yeah, some final I thoughts? Just, I would just like to add, I guess, is... um. Make sure you got a good team. Keep your circle small and have a good team of guys, a good group of guys to help you reach your goals because you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. That's one thing I've learned is, you know, you try to do it all by yourself and you're not going to get very far. But, I mean, we just have a good group of guys. You know, my dad is probably the best advocate for this and helps me reach these goals. I'm there for him to help him reach his goals as well on this yield contest, you know, not just that our production acres. So, you know, just keep your circle small because you're going to get all kinds of people that want to come help you (laughs) and just don't try to fix things that aren't broken is kind of my philosophy. So I don't claim to know everything. I'm always willing to learn. I don't know it all. And I, I learn something every day. Well, I absolutely appreciate the wisdom, my man. I thank you very much for the time tonight. I, I really honestly at this point probably ought to be thanking Cassidy for uh, allowing you to be up this late. So appreciate everything you do, Brant, man. You are absolutely the best. I wish you the best in the yield contest for this coming year. I absolutely look forward to seeing you soon, brother. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tyler. And I appreciate everything you guys do for us and uh, our operations. So I appreciate it.
We hope that you enjoyed this record-breaking episode, and then we ask that you please rate with five stars, of course, and review our content. If you want to drop a comment on maybe some future episodes that you'd like to see, listen to, or hear, we also ask that you follow A Better Way to Farm on Facebook and like and share that page with a family member, some friends, or anyone that you may know that would find value in what we do. And as always, we hope that you have a better day. A better way to farm dot com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.